0: Praise be Jesus Christ. Praise to Jesus Christ. Please be seated. And Jesus was on the other shore, and he came walking across the water. And the disciples began to fear. And he said to Peter, Come to me. And Peter walked in the water, but started to have faith, lost it, and started to drown. But of course, Jesus did not let him drown. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes <clears throat> we're not very good witnesses to Uh, our holy Catholic faith, and uh, it's sort of a scandal that we don't do that. But some of the apostles were not too brave either, but Jesus came to their help. So in time of need, it's time of doubt, it's time of sorrow, it's time of crisis, Christ will come to you. Just have a faith in him. As you know, from my preaching before, I just love to talk about our Lord. And I have my faults too, you know. And sometimes, in the monastery here, we pay a good uh, six hours a day at least in prayer. And uh, sometimes in my prayer, I have doubts. And Peter had a doubt. He couldn't figure out in his mind he could walk across the water. After all, it was something abnormal. So one night I was going to the opera house I had somebody with me for the opera, and uh, there was a puddle there, and of course. Uh, i tried trying to be a wise guy. And I walked through the puddle, and I said, see, I walked upon the water. But of course, there was a concrete underneath it. So if there's no risk, we, we might try to do something like that. But if there's some risk, we sort of uh, hold back. Now, everything's a risk in life. Everything I've done in my life has been a risk. Like becoming a priest. I had already graduated from the university. I knew I could study. But you go to seminary. In my day You went for seven years. They don't get near the education that we got in those days. So they shortened the period of study. And they'll take any bachelor's degree and take you into the seminary if you qualify according to what they want. And uh, you had to be pretty uh, with it, shall we say, academically. So I went to St. Joseph's Seminary in Yonkers, New York, and I went to, for a year before that. I went and studied Greek and Latin. They wanted to make sure I knew some Greek and Latin. I didn't know it too well, but I did manage to pass with a B and all that stuff. And they entered. I went the seminary. Very strange place. So they had a party, and uh, so I went down to the party. And when I, when I walked in the room. And I was sort of taken by it, because there were only men there. But of course, there was a celibate seminary, there would be only men there. But it was sort of shocking to go to a party where there are no women. Sort of shocking to me anyway. I should have got, I got over that. I went on in, and whatever we had to eat, we ate. And we had lots of parties at seminary with no women. There were a few nuns around. And when we'd walk down the door, they turned and face the wall. It must have been a mortal sin for them to look at us or something. I don't know why they did that, but that's what they did. So the point of the uh, uh, gospel is confidence. We have to have confidence, first of all, that we can do something or we wouldn't do anything. And some people are like that. They're afraid, and they never do anything, and they sort of waste their lives. So I always said to God, "I want to do something worthwhile with my life." Well, I I did manage to do one of the most great things you can be is be a priest, and I'm not only a priest; I'm an archimandrite, right, right, ribbon archimandrite. And I didn't ask for those things, and. I said, my work, Uh, they like my work and they put me through these offices. And you know, it's okay to have titles and things like that, but they all mean work. Bishops aren't dumb. They put people and give them these titles, but they put them to work. So Jesus is looking at Peter. Now we're not going to pick on Peter. He was a winner. He was always sort of frightened. And he uh, said, what the father said, he was sometimes irritable. And uh, he didn't want to do what the Lord wanted. He said, you are Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Well, what's that? A lot of work by the self-sacrifice unto the point of death for the Lord. That's a big commitment, isn't it? But I mean, Every Christian has that commitment. We live in a secular society that is increasingly attacking what we believe. But don't be afraid. You may have a martyr's death. They may just kill all of us off, all you Christians. Go straight to heaven. It's not a consolation thinking about that, however. But the point is, do not be afraid, little frog, Jesus said. Do not be afraid, little frog. Why did he say that? Because God is with us. In Slavonic, uh, we greet each other, there were several greetings we had. We teach them to everybody that comes here. It was a book God is with us and having that knowledge you should not be uh, frightened to do anything that the Lord is inspiring you to do he's going to be with you of course you may be martyred so when I was in the military uh, I never thought about that too much because They did did take good care of priests, made sure the chaplains were not knocked off. But you know, once in a while, like during, I went in at the end of the Korean War, and there were lots of stories about the Korean War, and there was a chaplain, and he got blown up, and all they found was his hand, and it was out clutching his mask kit. So he was a martyr, wasn't he? Well, where is he? He's in heaven. Amazing. Well, you're called to be citizens of heaven. In every gospel we read is always telling us how to be a better person so that we can require citizenship in heaven. It means you live a sinless life and a prayerful life. So in the Gospel day, that comes up. Jesus goes out into the wilderness to pray. I hope it was safer than our wilderness because we have all sorts of critters out there. And you might get eaten. <laughs> so I don't recommend you can go in the backyard. That, that's about the best part you can go around here anyway. Of course, we have these big dogs and they keep the critters away. But anyway, and he prays through the night. So we have people say, well, I'm going to make an all-night vigil. And that's okay. I'm not going to stay up with you making all-night You make your own all-night vigil. I'll let you in the church. And I've gotten in the middle of the night to see people making all-night vigil. They were, they were asleep, but that's okay. <laughs> they were still making a vigil. And uh, it's a good thing to make a vigil. But every feast day, And every Sunday has a vigil. It's the Vespers service the evening before the the Sunday liturgy. Sometimes, some Eastern churches, they do, they'll say Vespers, uh, Compline, and Matins all together during the night, and they call that a vigil. Our bishop liked us to keep the canonical hours in their proper order, so we rarely do that. But we have the other kind of vigil, where we use vespers and lots of prayers and readings, ten readings, to great feast days. That's another way to make a vigil. Another way to make a vigil is to be in there all night, praying and being with the Lord. Why is all this prayer necessary? Well... This morning, in conversation with the deacon, uh, he said that at Garbandal, that's an apparition of Our Lady, and uh, she warned of a great war. I swore to pay attention to the messages of Our Lady, although we're not required to. And uh, she's done that before, World War I, World War II, looks like maybe World War III. And she also said, I guess the deacon told me, that the Pope is going to visit with the Patriarch of Moscow, Kirill. That's quite a historical thinking. That's a sign, she said. Uh, He said that the war is coming. I don't know if those two things were connected exactly like that. But I think it's good that the Patriarch of Moscow came a couple of times to Rome to see the Pope. I think it's good the two of them are talking. I think that's pretty good. you know. So So I don't know if these are portents of good or evil. I think they're portents of good. But the statistics... A public prayer of our people is bad, Uh, churches are not for Sunday, Uh, people are Catholic, Uh, the largest Christian minority is Catholics that don't go to church. I think their salvation is in jeopardy. Who shall be saved? You want me to tell you? Those who fast and pray. Who will not be saved? All the others. They won't get to heaven. One has to live a prayerful life. Now because the world is in such cruel condition, We have to pray more. But we all have to pray. It would not be in such a cruel condition if we prayed. Now it's kind we need some kind of medication to the situation. Russia's moving into the Ukraine. That doesn't bother me. They're the same people. But they're they're killing innocent people. China and Turkey are cooking something up. That's wearisome. I don't worry too much because they prophecy say that the Turks will disappear. But maybe after they've done a great deal of damage, they came out of nowhere and they may go to nowhere. But who has the control over these things? Mother God appeared at. She appeared in the Low Countries, she appeared at Fatima, she appeared at Garabondale, She's appeared in South America. Her her messages are pretty well, the same, to say the rosary and to pray. Some people say, well, rosary is a um, Western devotion, but Eastern Catholics don't have to do that. Yes, we do. I was raised with the Rosary. I'm an Eastern Catholic, and all of my relatives they all said the Rosary. When we they were frightened during World War II, they really said the Rosary. And so the Russians were going to take over Vienna, and the people had a Rosary crusade, and they lost the battle. or Vienna would be in the Soviet Union today, or the former Soviet Union. You have lots of power. What made you a prayer was your baptism, chrismation, and your Eucharist, which is God who's with us, and he lives in you. So why did God share his life with you because he wants you to pray in union with him. There's nothing ordinary about your people. You're all baptized and crucified and you all receive the body Lord Jesus Christ. The problem is, when you leave this chapel or this cathedral, this is a cathedral because it's at a monastery, it's the principal church, When you leave here, you go back to your life. Not I'm saying all of you, maybe none of you. You don't do your daily prayers. The reason you were born, the reason you came into this world was to give glory to God, the glory to God. And you do that by a moral life and prayer. What makes your prayers so valuable it's because the life of Christ is in you, and when you pray, Jesus prays. He doesn't play by himself. We are his mystical body, Pius XII said. And we pray, Jesus is praying. Because the divine energies and the Holy Trinity are in you, and they come from Jesus. Even when you you really treat each other, you should consider this. I'm reading a horrible book now. my son gave it to me. It's about ladies, different kinds of ladies. And uh, I said, "Well, I, I'm going to call him. I said, "Why do you give me this book to?" We well, usually he reads a book and then he sends it to me and I read it, then we discuss it on the phone and you know he's a college professor. I don't think any professor should be reading this. He tells me how terrible things are in the universities and colleges. The decline of those places is largely usually to the woman's movement, which is anti-Christian. I think if you can't tell the position between the man and woman, you're pretty dumb. Look in your drawers and find out which are. And live it, right? Live the life. Because you are men, it said in the Old Testament, every male child born from woman is consecrated to God. So you're already consecrated. That means you have a job. And that job is to live a moral life and make your prayer sweet to God. When in the church, uh, we say this, the incense raises my, my prayer to God in heaven. It's a sign of our prayerfulness to God. People say, well, what do you use all the incense for? I'm filling the temple with your prayer. If you're not praying, you my incensing is not as good as it should be. It's a sign of the prayer in the church. We incense everything, the icons, the altar, and the priest who's ever here, the people, because they are, the presence of God is in them. You are not just God's children, you are his presence to the life of grace that's in you, and you must do your job. So there's two or three ways we can do that. I talked about some last week, but uh, I think you should... Examine your rule of prayer. I remember when I was little mother taught me some prayers, and I did, I said them all. Daddy taught me some more. It was just, he had a hard time teaching me all the prayers, and mother would get upset with him. I was just a little thing, but I had to learn all those prayers. It didn't kill me. And uh, prayer is the breath of the soul. So if I said I said, why don't you stop breathing? Well see what goes, we're gonna die. Well, if you don't pray, you're dying. That's what you were made for. And if your parents someday or your parents now, you have to have a Teach the children their prayers and you have to pray with them and you can't give that up. Sometimes our adult children they leave home and we don't pray with them anymore. We pray for them as though we were embarrassed to pray with them. As though they didn't have the faith. That's sad, isn't it? We should assume that when our children come to visit us, they can pray with us, My son? He's a pretty good cantor. When he comes, he canters. And he prays, and he told me a wonderful thing this time. He says, he says, I've never been as spiritual as I am now. And he's had a rough life, because he got worldly. But I prayed, and he seems to be coming around now. He's a college professor. He, said, he says, what, what about being a college professor? He says, you have to be very careful. You might see the one thing the wrong thing, and you're, you lose your job. You're intimidated. You're intimidating Christians. I said, well, do you preach the truth, or you just accommodate people? He says, no. He says, that's why I've been able to preach the truth. They did that in communist Russia, you know. They intimidated the people so they wouldn't practice their religion. Interesting was that you'd go to their house and have a picture on the wall of Stalin or somebody. You turn it over, and there was a saint behind it. Interesting. How can you breathe the air? How can you walk the earth? and not know that God is with you. How can you face a surgeon's hand? How can you get in the dentistry? How can you experience pain with not having the help of God? How can you be brave enough to become a priest or a monk or enter a monastery if you do not know that God is with you? And he's inspiring you. At the same time, the evil one It's telling you to go in the other direction. So I think the evil one is very busy in America, with the materialism and everything. Do you really need all the garbage you buy? You don't. You know you're gonna die, so it's gonna have to get rid of all that stuff. So they walked into reading this novel, they walked into this man's apartment. It's very sparse. He lived in Honolulu. And not Honolulu. Yeah, something like that. The island over there. Not Honolulu. But anyway. Wild place. Wild living. Party after party. Heavy drinking. Inappropriate behavior with ladies and gentlemen. And they call this life. They're preparing for hell. They're listening to the wrong voices. And long ago, they forgot their prayers. I sometimes think, (coughs) of all the Catholics, that the Church, because it's parochial school system and it's teaching, really uh, educated well. And they have the top jobs in the United States today. But they're secularized Catholics. They taught them how to make money and how to get a great job and a great degree, to have the credentials, but they didn't spend that much effort on prayer. In they might not state any effort on prayer. So they say that Catholics are not going to church on Sunday. Well, it's the day of precept. It's the Lord's day. Saturday is the Sabbath, but Sunday is the Lord's day. And it starts on Saturday and continues into Sunday. And we say of Sunday that it's the eighth day, meaning it's a new time. It's part of the eschaton, the world to come for all of us, where the saints are. So it's an eschatological day. We don't preach so much eschatology in the parish. but I do, a little bit. I understand you can understand where you're going and how things fit together. You know? But unless you live a just life, it said in Genesis, Adam was a just man. That means a grace filled man. It wasn't the same grace that would be available when Christ comes, but there was grace. And he fell. because he listened to the wrong voice. But Satan is not just any ordinary snake, you know. They even put this in Time Magazine. It's sort of interesting why they would put it there. I used to read Time Magazine years ago, but then it became to- totally anti-Catholic, so I stopped reading it. Anti-Christian. i read that. So anyway, he was beautiful. You know, in some snakes there's residual length. He could stand up. He was jeweled. And who would be attracted to that but a woman? This gorgeous creature. And he said to her, eat of the fruit of the tree. In the the Genesis there's the tree where they sinned in the tree of life. But God said, let's push them out, lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever. He didn't want that because they were sinning. So we lost that gift. Wouldn't that be nice? We're going to live forever, but only if we live a saintly life and pass over to the eschaton. Or we'll be with the angels and the saints. So, my dear brothers and sisters, you have a great destiny, but you have a job to do. You have to walk the life. Jesus in the gospel was praying through the night. He probably was hungry. He got up, And he called his disciples to give them the good news. And Peter was the chief of the disciples and he falls into the water because he does not have trust in the Lord. You have trust in the Lord. You will do great things. You even may be canonized. St. Therese of Lejeune She and her whole family are canonized. There's a model. You work hard to make a living to support a family or whatever. Some of you become very wealthy. Remember to serve serve the church with that money and help your poor brother. I'll tell you some stories about that. In the military, when I was there, sometimes the husband would go away, he would be on a mission. They were pilots in the Air Force. And their wife would be left at home, and she'd go through the budget. And a couple of them at least came to see the chaplain. And so they said, I don't know my husband's going to kill me when he gets back, I don't have any money and this and that." And I said, well, no, we, he won't kill you. I said, you'll probably have words, though. And that's the job of husband. He has to have words. You know. He's the head of the family. said, have words. So anyway, I gave the woman $500. I had it in my pocket, in my, in my well. I have a bad habit of I'm I'm, I'm very careful with money. Look at the church. But it's for a good cause. And uh, uh, anyway, the husband came in and he gives me the $500. He says, Chaplain, thank you for helping my wife. I said, did you have words? He said, yes. He says, but you know, she has propensities, (laughs) don't we all? I say, yeah, pray for her and be her teacher. You're the head of the house. And don't beat her up because of her propensities. Yours are worse. He said, thank you, Father. Men are beautiful, women are charming. The great mystery is a woman. But if a man loses his charm, it's not worth much. Try to always be a mystery, a prayerful mystery. Never let them know exactly what you're thinking, Say, yes, dear, and do what you have to do. And sooner or later, they'll appreciate that. I remember, I you mean, know, I've had a lot of funerals in my day. Not here, but when I was in the public life. And uh, you'll stand there, and a the husband will lose his spouse around him. Usually the men die first, but not always. and this one guy comes up to me he says you know father my wife is a wonderful woman but as long as she had a full checkbook she didn't have that she went on the rampage i said to him well how'd you handle it he says carefully but i let her have a rampage and i gave her a few bucks You can't walk away from your responsibilities. A monk, a priest, or a Christian, a mother—you have to live with them without excuses. And we have to support each other by prayer in our neighbor's need for prayer and his responsibilities. Over on the wall, 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 on the other side of the church, is the marriage feast of Cana. A lot of things are going on in that picture. The bridegroom and the groom, bridegroom and the maid, uh, bride, are dressed in crown people because they're the king and queen of their destiny, and they found each other. It's a great feast, and they ran out of wine. And Jesus is at this feast. It's his first public miracle was at a wedding. And he says, fill the stone jars. And he says, the mother of God intercedes. She says, fill the jars with water. And he says, well, my hour is not yet come. She says, do what he tells you. In other words, he's going to do what mom says. And changed the water into wine. It was even better. Better because of the miracle of Jesus. All life must be filled with the miracles of Jesus. Especially marriage. Especially the priesthood. And the soul of a monk as he grows in holiness. And vision. What is the upshot of all of this prayer? I'll tell you. Grace flows upon the earth. In your soul there is a fountain. and is a fountain of grace for your brothers and sisters as you pray. And you join Jesus Christ in his priestly prayer because you're a priestly people. And you are called the salt of the earth, the ones who make life bearable, tasty, and fulfilling. Do not be afraid. Walk on the water and don't sink And do what the Lord tells you in his heart and your heart as they beat together. Think of the virgin. I love to say this. When she was carrying Jesus, his heart and her heart beat as one. Nobody's quite as holy as she is. Never will be. But your heart in the heart of Jesus, if you become a contemplative, will be one, and your prayer will feed the earth with grace and holiness. The mystic is the one who sanctifies the world. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.